You found us. This is the Psy Curious Podcast with your co-hosts, Marla Carden and John Newmarker. Let's go. Hello. Hello. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Welcome back to the Psy Curious Podcast. Episode number two. I don't yes. think we're going to name, we're not going to say episode, the episode number on every one of these. No. No. Okay. So let's, let's jump in. Thank you everyone who is joining us again. I'm sure there's a massive following we have at this point of hundreds, maybe thousands. Thank but, you. Well, thank you for everybody who does listen. Thank you. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, well, we, we've been talking about sort of what we were going to do for, for the next episode and how, how the first one went. And we just sort of jumped into it as the people who are listening or have listened heard on that episode. So we just figured we'd jump into it and start talking and, and get right into some of the stuff. But on this one, we wanted to take a step back and explain a little more, maybe. What do you think? Yeah. Well, like I said, we can't expect anyone to listen to us if we don't at least tell, tell them who we are and how we got here. Good. Do you want to start? Oh, God. You want- I'm, I'm <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> um, yes. I was born. No, we, <laughs> I Good. am Marla Carton. All right. <laughs> I'm Marla Carton. Um, I'm a psychic medium. I'm also a life coach, um, and I do teach the science of intuition development at a higher learning institution. Um, That being said, I wasn't always as enlightened as I am now. Um, John, who you're going to meet in a second, John and I are host here. We met in high school. We were in a tiny little small town in Connecticut, and we met in high school. Lucky you. Yeah, you, he didn't talk to me. You did not talk to me at all. Yeah, I did. No, I didn't. <laughs> he was too cool. And I was never, I, I didn't hang out with other people because due to my, due to my ability to see dead people, it made it hard sometimes to go to parties. <laughs> you hung anyway, out with us. Not, not really. Anyway. Are you hung out? Yeah. Um. So that's, that's the story of how it began, but it gets a lot crazier. Why don't you tell him, John? Yeah, I'm John Newmarker. Uh, I'm not a psychic medium yet, but I apparently have have abilities and gifts below the surface that I'm trying to develop, right? You're, you are a psychic medium. You just are honing your craft. There you go. Yeah, exactly. All kidding aside, I am. I'm trying to. I'm, well, you're doing I'm, a really good job. You really, really I, are. Yeah. Thank you. But yeah, as Marla said, we, we met in high school, um, went to high school together, 30, 30, 30 when do we, 92, uh, do we want to date ourselves? Does it matter? 30 plus years ago now, it doesn't matter. 30 plus years ago now. And literally we didn't have any contact for 30 years. You know, we're both of us are on social media all that much here and there just to, you know, sort of educate ourselves about things we're interested in more so than 
promoting our um, how amazing we are, or our how amazing our children are. Not not fun. I don't have children, but anyway. <laughs> Sorry, did I digress there? Uh, but so anyway, all kidding aside, again, uh, hadn't spoken in thirty years, and then. Both of us, I didn't know this, but I was going through a divorce and had moved out of my place in Napa, California, and uh, saw Marlon had posted something on, on Instagram or Facebook or both, and I related to a lot of the stuff that she was speaking about in that post. I won't go into all the details related to spirituality and psychic abilities and just a, a lot of things that, that I had actually been interested in for all my most of my adult life I had read a lot about research a lot about so i decided to reach out to her randomly yeah yeah <laughs> this yeah that ended up going over like a ooh, that was not it didn't go over it was, very well it was amazing what are you talking about what what part didn't go well, amazing you over a lot of so, the point <laughs> is so from this tiny ho- town in connecticut it turns out that over 30 years we were living in we both oh, were in yep. san francisco working on the same street going to the same restaurants at happy hour and never ran into each other we both lived in napa which california which is bizarre right yeah, right like of all the places um and at that point, I had moved when you, yeah, and I had, pub, I had written an article and I, I never self-promote and I had put it on Facebook and you reached out to me and I was like, what does this guy want? He didn't even, never spoke to me in high school. And um, we ended up starting to talk on the phone uh, after that, after you reached out, I was like pretty impressed with what you said. I can't remember. I wish I had it in front of me because I would just read it, but you <laughs> We, I was, uh, I was somewhat impressed. You were, you were. I made it up. <laughs> no, yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't. No. I didn't make it up. It, no. Yeah. But at yeah. that time, it's important to note that I was running intuition development retreats in Sedona, Arizona. And right. Those of you who don't know, John is a big mountain bike biker. He's really avid mountain biker. He's going like four, four to five days a week here in Asheville. So I had asked him, I said, have you gone in Sedona? They have great mountain biking. He said, no, I've never been. I said, oh, you must go. I don't know. Time goes on. He decides he's going to come on the spiritual development and intuition development retreat. And I have clients there. And um, I don't really Uh think too much of it. (laughs) Do you want to take it from there? (laughs) Not really. Yeah. I mean, I can take it from here. So... (laughs) Yeah, I, I know. I'd be happy to, but go ahead, please. John, yeah, so John shows up and on that first night proceeds to start drinking. And normally on these intuition development retreats, we do not have any alcohol. Um, and I don't I know had what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? Uh, and he proceeds to drink like it's his job. I mean, it was... Oh my God. Uh, I was, I was yeah, concerned. Yes, you were. So needless to say, the next, you know, when I thought he was sober enough to leave, I said, you, you know what? I, look, I have more clients coming in today. Like this is my business. I, I need you to go. Oof. That was on, yeah. I think that was on a Tuesday that that happened. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I'm. I'm a little hazy on the details. Not surprisingly. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. So that day, um, he called me quite a few times. Uh, then the next day, quite a few times. Clearly, he wasn't sober yet. And now I'm getting concerned. So now here we are. It's Thursday. You know, Friday we I go back home to at that time was Miami, and I. I'm scared. Like I, I haven't heard from him. I asking, you know, at the time, my business partner who's been sober for, you know, a long, long time. And she, she was like, you know, I think he, he's going to have to get through it himself. And there was just something inside me that was like, something is wrong, like wrong. Cause I didn't hear from him. I did not hear from him. He wouldn't answer the phone, which is not like him. And I thought, right. and I just, I don't know something, so here we go. I had no idea where he was. I finally got a text from him now Monday. So now we're seven full days into a binge of his. And yeah, that was I, a quite a, that was a bender, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so seven full days in my, I, something just took over. I had gotten, so I got a random text from him and but I don't know you weren't telling me where you were you wouldn't answer any questions you didn't say anything and then you said something I said did you return the rental car did you get in the flight you said no so you said I'm in Sedona and I was like are you in Sedona or are you not you know I I didn't understand right. because he shouldn't have been there still and I had no idea where he was so somehow even though we went to high school together, I did not know his mom or dad. Somehow I reached out to his mother and uh, she happened to call me back. And I, again, sometimes this is something that is important for people to understand about me. Sometimes when my psychic ability takes over, I will channel and I will not remember what I say after that. Apparently when I spoke to her, I gave her the address and name of two hotels in close proximity of where I thought he could be. Now, right. I had no idea where he was. I didn't know if he was I, in an Airbnb or on the side of the road. I, I had no idea where I was, frankly. <laughs> so, right. Well, yeah. So, so from there, we worked together to uh, to get him some help, and I right. To, I mean, he almost died. I mean, you could just be honest. With it. Yeah, this is a good point yeah. For you to jump in here absolutely yeah and i i was yeah if you've seen leaving las vegas it's probably uh with nicholas cage it's probably close to where i was you know it is obviously isn't a joking matter but we use humor in all aspects of what we do so it, there's a happy ending to the story of course but yeah I, I i was literally in a hotel room for that amount of time drinking i had a, <laughs> i've had a history of excessive drinking but anyway to this back to this story yeah i mar i didn't know mara was going to co contact my parents i didn't mind that she did but the way i found that out was a knock on the door and my dad was standing there my parents <laughs> live in south carolina this was sedona arizona yeah i'm 46 47 years old and that's probably not what you want to have happen but anyway that's and the story continues on we we actually got me back to california and well i mean i think uh, you're skipping out on the really 
so you were in a place of near death. I mean, it was right, it right. Was, it was an emergency, and you were so able to turn that around. Well, yeah, I. That's I mean, what I to, think is super important about this whole story. You were able yeah. to say, "Hey, I have a second chance at life," and and really yeah. em- embrace your sobriety. And it's a, it's it's an unbelievable. Shit. You should really be proud of what you've accomplished. Right? Yeah, I yeah I I am. I mean, to put to put some context around it, I was looking randomly at the blood work that I had taken because I ended up in the hospital that in Sedona. And my blood alcohol level is a 0.354, which is for most people death. It's okay. You're in a comatose state basically. And that was after I got into the hospital. So it was probably higher when I was, and this wasn't when my dad was there. I'd been there another time. So scary, very, not scary for me because that's how I lived my life. I wasn't actually scared. I mean, I'm sure after the fact I should have been more scared, but it didn't matter at that point. Right. I wasn't. And again, People were like, or suicidal. I, that wasn't what was in my head. But at the same time, again, to just to have perspective, this isn't a victim. I'm a victim. This or um, what was me? That's not the point. The point of what is what came out of that. And you know, that's a that's an ugly bottom that you hit. And we talk about people hitting bottom that you can hit. Well, um, think about but, it. You're you're missing out on telling people. Not only did he just go through this awful awful divorce which was anybody would have probably been trying to drink themselves to death in a hotel room it was it was an awful terrible thing and then on top of it the company that he was working for had gone under so now here he is without a job you know the one person that he had reached out to was me and thought that he could you know he probably thought that oh my god like that she's not going to ever talk to me again and then yeah, you know, exactly. And now your dad shows up. Like to think about all like that. It's a miracle how far you've come. You yeah. did so much work. Yeah, I mean, Ed, just to put a put an X away, to put a punctuation mark on. I haven't had a drink since then. That was yeah, nineteen months ago. Just so people know, you know, I I so. That's you know was it hitting bottom like that for me probably not it was having someone like Marla this isn't a a love story it is a little bit isn't that cute but no it was having someone in my life that actually was compassionate caring loving that stepped forward instead of pushed away when I was in a place of a, a very a very dark place to have someone to say hey I get it and I want to help you I don't want to vilify you you know. Uh, which has been the case in, in other situations. So that was the major reason that I stopped and was able to do so. But again, fast forward 19, that was November. I think I saw the date, November 12th, maybe around there, November 12th to 2021. So, and that was, I came back from Sedona and, and here we are. I mean, obviously we're going to talk more about um, sort of, what what's been well, done since but, what do you but, think well let's we can jump into it so what do you think has been your okay so what has helped you on this journey the most and what's been your biggest challenge you i mean you you're the 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 reason and having that your that level of support i i 
as I've said to others, and this isn't a, this, I guess this episode is a little bit about addiction, but uh, it, for me, I was, I've always said to anyone who I've talked to about this, I've bl- I'm blessed and lucky in that my addiction and my, that side of me wasn't as cripplingly physical as others that I saw when I went into various types of treatment, you know, went through a Kaiser program and I, I never had a, thankfully and luckily didn't have the, um, Hey, I go into a grocery store that has liquor. I need to get liquor. I go, can't drive by a bar or things like that. So I, I was lucky when I had the pieces in place that I saw that cared about me and the people that like you or you that were looking to support me. And I saw a path forward that had, had, you know, positive, a, a positive end goal that, that, that's why I stopped, you know, and it was always within me to be able to, because obviously it's pretty remarkable. I, I, I mean, as, as many, if any of friends or family are listening, I partied hard for 30 years, very hard. I mean, I worked and I was successful and I did the things, but <laughs> I lived a life of a serious, serious party for 30 years. And I was drinking from the age of, I don't know, 15 or 16. And back when we were, we were in high school, it was a big thing back then. So it wasn't like, oh, yeah, I go out every once in a while, I get hammered. No, this was hard partying for three decades. And I stopped and never, never looked back from that day forward. So, so it was, you know, it, it, it was a combination of things. But the number one thing was having you on my side, having a person on my side, and also having someone that had such, had such goals about what they wanted to do what you wanted to do as an individual and how we were so aligned in in so many ways with respect to the things that we are passionate about, you know? And I think that, that seeing a clear path forward of the values and passions that I have in my life, which I didn't even really truly understand at that point, but I obviously subconsciously knew that this is the chance to change everything. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah, it would, it's, it was from a perspective, from my perspective, I don't think I ever worried about it happening again or you going back down that road or it, it just seemed to be such an incredible shift of your energy altogether, like the, the very core of your being, like you did what, what we try to help people do you know right you just literally just changed your it's like you changed your neural pathways in that in that period of time and just i've never even thought about it It doesn't even occur to me that you know if you're out or you're going to do something that that you would start drinking again and i'm I'm not saying that you may never be tempted to or what have you but that is not um there's that's why i'm asking like what yeah. What do you think it like? How do you think you continued to? Has it been challenging? Number one and number two. What do you think has helped you the most? Like not me, but I mean inside you. I think I think that proof. I knew I, I knew that within myself, I always had the ability. It was just you know in the right circumstance. Life, life prior to this all happening, there was no reason to quit. There was not that I didn't have any, I didn't see any, any true reasons to stop, you know? 
So, but I, I've always known I had a strength within me to be able to, if I didn't try and I never tried to be honest, <laughs> anytime I tried to quit, I did. Uh, when I took the bar for, for law school, I quit for a month. Uh, when I run races, I, you know, I ran marathons and ultra marathons while still drinking excessively too, by the way. But if I needed to stop, <laughs> I did, you know, when, when at the end, it's not funny. The- it's not funny. I mean, it's just, it's sad. It's sad. Well, like you said, but, you know, I didn't vilify you. I literally saw somebody suffering. I mean, it was heartbreaking. My heart was breaking. Yeah. Yeah, and you stepped forward, not stepped forward in, a, I mean that in a meta, meta, in a physical, I mean that in a, in an emotional sense, in a compassionate sense, but so many times I think in life, when, when people deal with, whether, you know, whether it's addiction issues or struggles or, but we'll talk about addiction because that's what we're talking about, or drinking or drugs or whatever it might be. There's so many times in, in our society or with, with people and family, and I'm not saying my family did this because they've been amazingly supportive and been huge help too, of course, we love them. But so many times it's, why can't you get better? What's the problem? Oh my God, let's gang up against them to try to almost to, to try to almost break them down in order to get them to motivate, to stop or to change rather than the way it was done this time with you saying, Hey, I get it, man. I've been through this. Not you necessarily personally, but you've seen it. You know what it looks like. And I want to be here for you. I see the core of who you are. You saw that in me, even not having known me for 30, not knowing me at all. I was basically a stranger, but you saw the goodness in me. And that I think as we're talking more about it, I'm realizing that too. And we've talked about this in the past. They, you didn't care about all the other bullshit. I don't get it. I don't care that you, I don't It doesn't matter to me what happened. I know I I can, I I can feel at the core of you, who you are. You saw that you saw the truth. And that's all I wanted people to, you know, that was the hard part. You know, you go through a difficult divorce, you're sort of living a life of, of whatever, where there's just sort of false, (laughs) false realities. And you just wanted someone to recognize the goodness in you and and see that part of you and you did you know and that that's what motivated me and 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 i saw what was in front of me the opportunity i had to to change and there wasn't there was also the motivator was you know there isn't there you didn't ever threaten hey don't mess up you didn't threaten me with walking away but that was that was always on the table and it wasn't hey you just it was hey fuck this is the reality there's not a lot of room here. There isn't any well, room. Well, I think what it is is that, so I, I have um, two children, and one of them is grown and out of the house, and one of them was, at that time, she was just 12, and um, my thought process was, like, you know, I can't have somebody in her life if they're not going to, you know, be the best version of themselves, especially around her, because, you know, she's been through a lot, too. We all have in our lives. And I think what happened was you, so you, you had already said that you don't have children of your own, but I think you stepping into her life and having somebody that's, that would really be disappointed if you weren't there or if you weren't acting right. I think that also made you realize like, Oh, Hey, wait a minute. It's not just about me. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. 
Yeah. I think that's, that was something that really, um, because that's from an outsider's perspective. I really, when you realize that it wasn't that other people were looking at you the same way that I look at you, like, wow, this is a great person. You didn't want, you were like, well, I got to get, you know, I, it was something you wanted to do because you wanted to continue to be that person. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I agree. I agree. And I didn't have any accountability. I, again, I was married for 10, close to 10 years, but we never had kids, always partying, never really had accountability. Yeah. There was issues there, obviously that um, we don't need to talk about right now, but didn't really have to answer to anyone ever, but to have the accountability to you and to Lily, uh, your daughter, I'm not going to, I wasn't going to let you both down. If I was going to put myself in that situation, I was going to win, you know, and I wasn't going to let you guys. (laughs) It's kind (laughs) of like when you fight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Not physically fight, but no, (laughs) but yeah. So, well, this is something that I said last night too, or I always said, I've always said to uh, one of my best friends that if I were to ever, be with somebody again because I've also been through terrible endings of relationships um is I would like a kind person that's that was my number one requirement not not a quote-unquote nice guy because a nice guy is usually could be like Eddie Haskell where they say to your they're nice to you to your face and then you know then they're not really nice they're not a kind human being I wanted someone who was kind and if I had this is the thing though I'm wondering too, if I wasn't the person that I am where I have um, incredible, you know, an incredible ability to read people, uh, their energetic imprint on the world. um, I saw that from the beginning, how kind you were, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I would just wonder if like, if I had been not- I'd be dead. Oh God, I don't even think about it. But I wonder that, like, if I hadn't embraced my intuitive gifts, if I had second guessed it, if I had been like, right, oh, no, no, and this is what I'm saying, I'm like, this, that could bring us right back full circle to why we should all develop our intuition. Right, right, absolutely, yeah, and I think that's that's sort of the point we're running sort of along here. But I mean, I think that full, to bring it back full circle, and we'll and we'll certainly talk about our life stories and these types of things, and probably talk about this Sedona experience more, but I think that that's like you said, to, to bring it back full circle. I know we, this isn't a, this isn't a podcast about addiction, but it's about healing and it's about life and it's about struggles and about victories too. But yeah, it's, if you, if, and, and the point of the podcast also wasn't just to say, Oh yeah, you use your gifts to save me. But you did. <laughs> I mean, that's that's part no, that's of it. But point. it's also yeah. that yeah. But you, like you're saying, that isn't that, and, and you weren't saying that. But luckily, you did, or I'd be, you know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, but but the point the point is twofold. Yes, that that occurred, which was it saved my life. Thankfully, my dad at 47 years old showed up. Hey, hey, listeners, how how would that feel? Yeah, not great. <laughs> my dad's, by the way, my dad's amazing at 75 years old, though. So I'm sure he wasn't really super excited to be jumping on a plane to Arizona well, to pick up his fucking now son. Now that I know, now that I know your dad, I can't imagine him being uh, 
super thrilled about <laughs> flying into Flagstaff, driving through Oak Creek Canyon, which is this very twisty, right. twisty, turny road, showing right. up at some less than zero hotel room, like with, oh God, that must have been terrible for yeah. everybody. But I'm but, hey, to, you know what? The- now I have a new, new uh, pseudo, you know, second set of parents in my life and um, right. I, and I, to it their, couldn't have worked out better. And to their credit, they they amazing. they really stepped forward and completely changed saw saw what needed to happen and stepped up unbelievably. They've always been hugely supportive of me, regardless of how I've been. We've always been super close, very almost they're they're friends to me and they're amazing mentors and I love them to death. But in this situation. They came, they, they were also a part of the team. The three people, my mom, dad, and Marla, you stepped forward and embraced me and were, and came to me with compassion and got me through this part. And, and without, oh. without, without them acting that way, because in the past I've been, I haven't been the easiest son. Let's just be honest, folks. <laughs> oh, you're a pain in so, the ass, but let's, but uh, let's pause yeah. here for a quick, <laughs> let's pause here for a quick second. What I still think about to this day, because again, I don't know what I said to your mother, because that was like, just pure, you know, psychic ability in that moment. But um, why? Because now I know your parents, and they're not really, they weren't, they are now, they weren't super believers or really into, you know, anything intuition development wise, right? So right. I cannot understand what happened when that moment that made your mom pull, you know, just suddenly start like booking flights and saying, you know, I mean, I look back at the text messages and I'm the one who said, flying to Flagstaff, take American. This is the car. This is where the car rental is. I can't remember doing any of that, but there's truth. Um, But I don't know why they even listened to me. Like I was essentially a stranger who was like. Yeah, I think, yeah, everyone's sort of got some divine intervention, divine being, whatever form it takes for each of us. But, but, and that's, that's exactly what, what my dad said. My mom's, my mom was just sort of went into a mode of help, helping focus, acute focus on problem solving, compassion, you know, whatever it might've been, but everyone sort of changed. (laughs) It sort of was, you know, almost, possessed with a with a the end goal of just helping and saving and and yeah that because again and this is not uh they're they'll probably listen to this so um th- this is not to say that in the past they hadn't stepped stepped up they have always been super supportive but let's be honest my hit <laughs> my behavior in the past isn't exactly like they hadn't gotten calls about me partying or hadn't seen me partying or things like that this is not like it wasn't my mo this was just so such a dire situation that I think they, they, they recognized that and acted, you know? So again, this, this isn't like, Oh my God, the parents that are sitting around, you know, playing no, the they're violin. Amazing. No, they're, <laughs> they, were, they are amazing and they were amazing in that situation. Well, I, yeah. 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 I was not to say that they, you know, they hadn't heard, they, they knew I, I was, I've been a crazy man my entire life. So uh, but they acted in a way that was unbelievable and sort of stepping outside of that, out of the comfort zone, certainly, you know, New Englanders are New Englanders and that's not to be disparaging, but again, I had a history of 
craziness that, oh, well, it could be John being John. You know, how bad is it? They could have said that, and that time it could have passed, and, and the result would have been a lot worse. So, but, yeah, it was I mean. amazing. But we, the, I think, but, yeah, and now here you are, and uh, I think, you know, you uh, have always been obsessed with learning about near-death experiences, and to this day, you still can't account for two full days of time, and I wonder what two was going full on days. in that room. Two full days. You just said seven. I don't remember much. Well, of no, anyway. you were. <laughs> yeah, you were. This was going on for seven, but it right, was right. A good. I'll be honest. It was more than two. I think it was. Let me look back on that. Yeah, yeah. It was I, like four full days where I nobody heard from you. I guess. Yeah, been, yeah. So there, there. Let's let's be honest. There's probably some type of some type of inter not not in, like drug or alcohol intervention, but spiritual divine, whatever word you want to use intervention that saved my life as well, because I was so, you know, it was craziness. I, and I'm not to, not to say I was doing anything other than I was in that hotel room, you know? So, uh, oh, but yeah. But, yeah. But so oh, do I, you think that you focusing now on these last two years on your personal health and wellness and developing your intuition and learning to meditate, do you, what role do you think that that has had on on keeping you in a good place. Uh, I think it, it, I think it gives me a, a focus on how I can help others and starts to guide me towards a, what I didn't even understand was a true passion of what, you know, how life I've always wondered what, you know, what are we doing here? What am I doing here? How, you know, how can I have an impact on, uh, have a significant impact before all this is over. So I think that that's the biggest piece for me is, you know, I I'm starting to see how my life story and maybe this, this story specifically for, you know, those that are struggling potentially uh, not that they're struggling potentially, but that group potentially um, how I might be able to help them and, and others, you know, my life story is not a, both of ours is, is, is one of, extreme ups and downs and craziness and lots of fun and lots of laughs and but lots of darkness too so you know how do you translate that story into something that resonates with others out there that they might be able to grab onto and say oh yeah there there might be there might be a road out and i'm not even talking about the drinking or drugs i mean i'm just talking about in general you know i think it provides uh, hope in general i think that what it makes you realize what's important um, and your what was important to you was to not go on and, you know, work in a job that just didn't mean anything. And, you know, like you actually were like, I have the second chance and I'm going to turn it into something where I can help people. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. And I often said that, you know, when you look back uh, how many people on their deathbed will be able to say, Hey, I helped a lot of people or I helped a handful of people or I helped this many people in my life and had this impact. Well, you and I had this have had this reset now being together where you started earlier than me, but like I want to have an impact, you know, whatever that might look like, but rather than just focusing on some of these external validations whether they're, you know, monetary things uh or whatever it might be, but you know, having the ability to change and to have that reset uh, is 
is pretty amazing. And to be able to do it with someone that has similar goals, you and I both, and seeing that that is possible is, is pretty remarkable. So that's, that's something that I don't think a lot of people have the opportunity, but we also, or, or I shouldn't say that people don't believe they have the opportunity to do it, but that's one of the things that we'll certainly talk about on this podcast. And we talk about in, in coaching and in the, in the retreats you do and the classes you do is that what you can actually do to change your life is a lot. It seems like it's really hard, but once you make that change, it changes, it changes so much and it's not as difficult as you think. And the end result eventually is that you're exponentially more happy and more fulfilled than you would have been had you just stayed the course. So, I mean, that's sort well, of, yeah, that's what I think it is, is that's why I wanted you to tell this story is that I think what happens is people get so mired down in their everyday life that they feel like it's an insurmountable yeah. obstacle to just make the first change or first step right. into doing something that they feel passionate about. Like, so I, so one of the first questions you ask when you're coaching someone is, you know, what, what is, what are you passionate about? What would you do if you didn't get, if you didn't have to get paid, what would you do? And I can tell you, right. I would still do this. I would still be literally educating people on energy, the way it works inside the human body, the way it works outside the human body, and how important it is to their overall health and well-being to develop their intuition. It's super important, right? And, and for so yeah. many reasons, and all the topics we'll go over in all these podcasts. But the, and the point is, I would still do this because I would prefer to help people than to do anything else, right? But that stepping from where I was into this, just like you stepping from where you were and climbing this hill for two full years and of, of healing and educating yourself and all of that. Um, it, it would look like an insurmountable obstacle, but that's what we're here for. We're here to help people to live their best lives according to them, not according to what they think they have to do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and to realize that if you stay the course that you're on and you're not happy, when you get to the end of that road and you look back, are you going to say it was worth it to grind it out? Or if you took that chance and stepped out of your comfort zone and took that risk, we would be almost willing to guarantee that you're going to get to the end of the road and say that was worth it. I did what I wanted to do. It may have been difficult. It may be difficult, but gosh, I feel I followed my passion. I followed what was in my heart and I took that chance. But even if you fail at that chance, what if you never did it? You know, what if you never take that? You never try to seize that opportunity, which most people don't, which is okay. I mean, I, we we're I, I say I'm blessed to be able to have the opportunity to do, to try to do anything I want now, because I'm also with a person that has these unbelievable gifts that I can hopefully be able to grow into myself but i have a clean slate of going forward when in you rewind three years ago you don't want to be sitting next to me in that room unless you like cocaine and then you would definitely want to be sitting next (laughs) (laughs) well just to get back to the um when you said oh you know people are like oh i'm just gonna stay the course and then when i retire i'll be happy but but the best uh indication of it, you're, what you're doing is ingraining your neural pathways so much to that are programmed that nothing is like you're just kind of okay with living in a 
dissatisfied kind of disdainful state that chances are at the end of this, when you do retire from this job that you really don't like or whatever it is that you're doing, you really don't like, you're still not going to be happy because you've never learned how to be happy within yourself. So that's, you know, so that's why I think it's super important to go down this road of, of mindfulness of developing your intuition and all of that. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, no. And that's, and that's what, that's what we're here for. That's what we're going to be talking about. I know that we, we're coming up on almost double the time we usually do, but uh, it, it was a story certainly worth telling. This isn't, again, this, this by no means is, is supposed to be uh, about the woe is me. Although that wasn't a very woe is me story, was it? No, it wasn't. <laughs> pretty, it's pretty real. No, but you're pretty it, accountable for your actions. And I also yeah, think it's important yeah. to start with the, with the podcast. Like this is the second, only the second one is that as you're, so you're, you know, you're great. Yeah. And, but as you're developing your gifts, it's great because you and I'm in a different place. I just think that being honest with listeners from the beginning, I, that as you develop yours, you can share or ask me questions and then anybody else can feel free to, yeah. to ask questions. And, and I think, that, yeah, and I, I, that's one of the things that I took I take away from all of it. And you and I have worked is, is the vulnerability piece is, is something that I, I, I just embraced from very early on in this, in the last, you know, say two years, you know, since Sedona is I'm, I'm not, I, I'm going to tell the unvarnished truth about what happened to people, to the people that I love, to my friends, to my family. Cause I don't, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of what happened. You know, this is who I was and this is what happened. But if you want to know the truth and how dark it was, I'm not talking about specifically Sedona. I'm talking about all the stuff. I came to my parents and said, Hey, it's time to be real. This is what was going on you know, prior to Sedona, whatever, but, and we're not going to go into that, but that level of vulnerability for everyone, right? Wouldn't it be nice to have people that come to you and are compassionate and say, you know what? I've been there. I understand maybe not exactly what you went through, but it's okay to be vulnerable because guess what? No matter how bad you fucked up, I probably fucked up a lot worse. (laughs) So, and that's okay. You know, it's okay. But to be vulnerable, to be real and to be true and raw. And, and I mean, that's some dark shit. (laughs) But right. I'm fucking amazing now. Look at me now. Yeah. <laughs> you are. You are. I'll keep you for a little while. For a little while. We'll see. We'll see what the day brings, right? <laughs> right. All right. All right. Well, All right. I'm so well, glad we... that you told that story. And I'm um, looking forward yeah, to. Hopefully, you didn't scare anyone away. Mom and dad, if you're listening, uh, yeah, there you go. You already know the story anyway, but oh, yeah, nice. no, yeah. I, <laughs> they're I, like, yeah. we lived it. We got it. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of Psy Curious. All right. Bye. Hey everybody, this is John with the Psy Curious podcast. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us at intuitivewellnessinstitute.com. Our emails are john, J-O-N, at intuitivewellnessinstitute.com and marla at intuitivewellnessinstitute.com. See you on the next episode.